0: Good morning, church. How we doing? Good. Is anyone still full from Thursday? Still full, right? Yeah, a few people are still full. That tryptophan, we're going to get it out of us this morning. We are awake, right? We are awake and excited and ready to learn and listen and grow all together. Amen. Amen. Yes, we'll get there, okay? It's, it's a holiday weekend, we're having fun, you're having cider, uh, but we got some work to do this morning. So uh, I want to welcome you, if you don't know me, my name's Chris, one of the pastors here at Kessit, and we are finishing a series called With Today. We've been talking uh, about the idea of how do we be with others? How do we be with others and with God? This series, this three-week series, is literally a culmination of three series together. So we started, if you remember, a few months ago with a series called Visible, and this was a reaction to looking around as our um, community is growing, that we want to make sure that we're seeing uh, everyone in it, that everyone's story matters. So we highlighted different stories in the church, and the idea was that we are all looking for... um, everyone, that no one would be lost in the shuffle. And then next, we went into a series called Quorum Deo, where we looked at this same idea of relationship, but we wanted to say, as we grow in relationship with others, we, wanted, we want to bring the same energy and our same selves to growing in relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then out of that, uh, a lot of times what we're doing, and Danny shared this a couple weeks ago, so what we're doing is we're, we're presenting the scriptures, and then we're trying to listen, We're trying to listen well and say what's necessary, what what needs to be talked about right now. In some seasons, we can project that forward for six months. This last one has been a little bit more of a uh, let's listen in the moment and see where we need to go. So this series has been um, based on one idea, that the number one complaint within our community, and I think most church uh, faith communities is, I wish I was more connected with other people or with God. I'll say it again. I wish I was more connected with other people or with God. This is where it gets messy in our community. The ideals of saying, I want to be in community together, we, we are the body of Christ, we want to grow together, is, is an idea that we can present. But then when, where the rubber meets the road, how that happens is where it gets a little bit messy. Um, There's a great quote I found this week that says, "'Community is deeply grounded in the nature of God. It flows from who God is because He is community. He creates community. It is His gift of Himself to humans. Therefore, the making of community may not be regarded as an optional decision for Christians. It is a compelling and irrevocable necessity, a binding divine mandate for all believers at all times.'" As we prayerfully dove into this idea a few about a month ago, we found that for the most part, our disconnection with each other and with God has not been lack, for lack of wanting. Our disconnection between our, our family, our friends, other, our, our church community has not been because I, I don't want to connect, but from our lack of knowing how to connect deeply. i gonna say that again. As we prayerfully dove into this, we have found that for the most part, our disconnection with each other and with God has not been for lack of wanting, but from our lack of knowing how to connect deeply. This is where the idea of self-awareness comes in. This is really hard for us to admit, okay? Could it be that you don't know how to? Could it be that we don't know how to? Simply put, we don't know how to get where we long to be. We don't know how to get where we long to be. So this series has been a breaking down the idea of community, breaking down the idea of relationship and going down to the very foundation and saying, what are the the core ingredients to healthy relationships? If we want to be a biblical community, a transformative community, what are the core ingredients to that? How do we know that we're in that right now? How do we self-aware and ask questions like, what areas am I lacking? And, th- and this is the real question of this series. Now, in three weeks, we're not going to fix all the relationships in the church, and we're not all going to become BFs forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen, right? We're not all spending Thanksgiving next year together, okay? All right? If you have really good sweet potatoes, I may be there, all right? <laughs> but that's not, that's not what we're going to do in this series. This series is us opening, continuing, I guess we've begun opening the door, but continuing to open the door on this idea that relationships are really hard and that it's a skill set to grow in them and learn in them and be able to be malleable in them, be able to look at the different relationships in my life and look what type of, of love and grace and truth is necessary for this moment. That maybe the one before, um, maybe how we hooked up last week isn't how we should hook up this week maybe how we connected before isn't how we should connect right now and so this idea is one that we're asking you as i as i unpack the scriptures your job is to ask questions like what about me is this me where am i lacking where am i strong right at the end of this we're going to do some things where, where i'm going to challenge you a little bit to even maybe go to some people in your life and ask some questions like where am i lacking where am i strong that the work that we do doesn't just end here in 45 minutes or so, that it continues on and we're growing together. The purpose of this series is to help us spend some time in spiritual and relational self-awareness. This is week three. The first few weeks, um, we talked about this idea. If you've been at Kesed for some time, you've heard about the ideas of Scripture and Spirit. We want to be a community based off of Scripture and Spirit. What that means is we believe in the Word of God. We study the Word of God. We we look to the Word of God continually, right? And then we invite the Spirit. We ask the Spirit to lead us to, to learn how to live it out right? So it's not good enough to just memorize the scriptures. It's not good enough to just know the scriptures. We need the spirit to show us how to practically let it manifest in our life. So when the Bible says that I'm to love my neighbor, love my family, great. It's one thing to know that the Bible says to do that. It's a whole nother thing to know how to do it today, this morning, this day, this evening. And so we are presenting it in this way. Danny's been talking about the idea of of grace, which the Bible talks about this um, this power that we have, this empowering force in our lives, that those of us as, as Christians, as we encounter grace and we realize that every single one of us in this room, no matter what your story is, are, are in need of grace we 're in need of forgiveness we 're in need of christ's death on the cross and his blood to cover our sins and as we become more and more aware of that. We're more and more aware that everyone has that same backstory. And so we're more able to be safe for others in their brokenness. So as we uh, engage in our own and admit and are self-aware of our own brokenness and bring that before the God that makes us white as snow, we're able to be an agent of that for others. So we become safe as we live in this grace. And then the idea of truth, and this is a hard one, us the idea of truth is that we would have truthful relationships we would be willing to tell the truth and not just the truth that we know but we would be willing to submit to god's truth in our lives and then our relationships our connections would be built off of truth that we tell each other the truth iron sharpens iron this makes us honest makes makes our relationships honest We want to be safe. We want to be honest. And today, we talk about this idea of love. The scripture tells us to love one another. But there's a certain aspect of love that we want to focus on today. And that is the idea that we want to be devoted to one another. 1 John 4, 8 reminds us that we are relational beings because we are created in the image of God, of a relational God. By definition, the Christian God exists in relationship as Father, Son, and Spirit. While existing as three distinct persons, they share one divine essence that is described as love. I need a little participation here, all right? Are we awake enough for that? Okay. If you could describe love in a word. No wrong answers here. It was probably a couple wrong answers, all right? But... All right, if you could describe love in a word, no wrong answers, what would you say? You got to say it louder. Huh? Debbie, okay, yes, I agree. Good answer. Good husband answer right there. All right. Embrace. What else? Forgiveness. We can be brave, guys. We can do this. Patience. Family. Loyalty. Sacrifice. Compassion. Oh, really good words, right? These are really good words. All, you guys all got it right, right? Here's the idea. Love is that big. Hey, love is that big that you all got the answer right. So, so for us to be able to, in, in, one, um, in one morning, we won't be able to dive into all of what love is. But there's one aspect of love that I want, I want to look at, okay? Love is a word, but what matters is the connection that that word implies, this is the biblical idea. I wanna, I'm going to read to you Colossians 3 about this idea that love is everything that you said love is. But at the very base of love, it is a connection between us. Okay? Colossians 3, verse 12. Starting in verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. A lot of the words that you guys said. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Brene Brown said it like this. We cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And when we honor the spiritual connection that grows from that offering with trust, respect, kindness, and affection. Love is not something we give or get. It is something that we nurture and grow. A connection that can only be cultivated between two people when it exists within each one of them. We can only love others as much as we love ourselves. Love is a connection. Think of a rope. Think of a chain. It is the connection that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit have together and it is the type of connection that, he is, that God is inviting us to have with one another and with Him. We can have many different types of connections to each other, to God, and to things of this world. What I want to talk about today is that there there are certain types of connections, looking at this idea of the word devoted, that are different, that are special. The connection, the love that I have for sweet potatoes is not the love that I have for my wife. That is a whole different connection. I think that's lost sometimes in our culture, in our words, in our relationships, in our ability to be with one another. And what I hope to do today is that out of out of our time together, we have a really clear picture of not only who you are devoted to, but what. Is it clear in your life? And then how am I to be devoted to them? So before we do this though, um, speaking of the idea of devotion, we've played a few of these videos in the past from um, the Bible Project. There are some wonderful friends that we have. Uh, I met with one of them for lunch last week that are working really hard to create these amazing videos that tell the story of the Bible um, uh, and it's, if, if you are a believer that is looking to grow, I highly encourage you to just go to YouTube and search Bible Project and just spend hours watching their videos. But what we need to do is look at the idea of how does God have a relationship with us? How is he with us? And we need to lay that foundation a little bit for us to do any real work together to go, how do we mirror that with each other? So I'm a, we're going to watch this video uh, together from the Bible Project presenting the idea of covenant relationships. So go ahead and check this out.
1: If you've been around Christians, you've probably heard of the idea of having a personal relationship with God, which could mean different things in the Bible, like having God as a friend or your father
2: or maybe your teacher. But there is one particular way that the Bible talks about this relationship that you find all over. But strangely we do not talk about it that much and that is the idea of a partnership with God. A partnership like working alongside someone to accomplish a goal together. Right and this is actually what you see at the beginning of the Bible. God creates this good world full of all of this potential and then God appoints these unique creatures, humans, as his partners in bringing more and more goodness out of all that potential. But the humans don't want to partner with God. They rebel and try to create a world on their own terms. And so this broken partnership is the Bible's explanation for why we're stuck in a world of corruption and injustice and the tragedy of death. It's not like there's just one or two
1: humans who have bailed on this relationship. In the story of the Bible, everyone has abandoned the partnership
2: with God. So what God does is select a smaller group of people out of the many. And he makes a new partnership with them called a covenant. And in a covenant, God makes promises and then in exchange asks his partner to fulfill certain commitments. And the purpose of all of this is to somehow use this covenant relationship to renew his partnership with everybody else. Now, there are actually
1: four times in the Old Testament that we are told God initiates a covenant relationship with Noah, Abraham, the nation of Israel, and King David.
2: And it is through these that God is forming a covenant family into which all people will eventually be invited. So, let's see how these work. The first one is with Noah. So, in this story God has just brought the flood to cleanse the world of humanity's corruption and Noah and his family are the only ones left. And so, God makes a covenant with Noah saying, listen, I know that humans will continue to be evil but despite that, I am not going to destroy it like this again. Instead, the earth will be this reliable place for us to work together. Great. So, what does Noah have to do? Nothing. And that is what is so interesting about this first covenant, is that God is promising to be faithful even though he knows humans won't be. The next time we see God make
1: a covenant is with a man named Abraham. God chooses him, promises to bless
2: him, give him a large family, lots of land where they can flourish. And in return, God asks Abraham to trust him and train up his family to do what is right and just. And the whole reason for this covenant is God says that somehow he's going to bring his blessing to all families of the world through this one family. So that's Abraham. The next time we see God make a covenant is when Abraham's family grows into the tribe of Israel. And this covenant is with the whole tribe. God asks them to obey a set of laws, which are these guidelines for living well as a community of God's partners. And if they do this, then God promises to bless them and that they will become a people who then represent him to the rest of humanity. That is the covenant with Israel. The last covenant is with King David. Yeah, the tribe of Israel has become this large nation ruled by David. And God asked David and his descendants to partner with him by leading Israel in obeying the laws and doing what is right and just. And God promises that one day, one of David's sons will come and extend God's kingdom of peace and blessing over all the nations. So, those are the four covenants that God makes in order to restore his partnership with the whole world. But here is what happens. Israel breaks the covenant. They worship other gods, they allow horrible injustice, and so they lose their land and are forced off into exile. So
1: it seems hopeless. But during this time, Israel's prophets talked about a day when
2: God would restore these covenants in spite of Israel's failure, somehow. Yeah, they called it the New Covenant. And this is actually what's so interesting about Jesus, is that he's introduced into this story as the one who fulfills all of these covenant relationships. We're told that he's from the family of Abraham, and so he will bring the blessings of that family to the whole world. We're told that he's the faithful Israelite who is able to truly obey the law. And we're told that he's the king from the line of David, and so he goes about extending God's kingdom of justice and peace to all. And that is really remarkable for one guy. Yeah, and what it highlights is perhaps the most surprising claim of all made about this man. That Jesus is no mere human, but rather God become human. And God did this in order to be that faithful covenant partner that we are all made to be, but have failed to be. And so through Jesus, God has opened up a way for anyone to be in a renewed partnership with him. So Jesus calls people to follow him and become part of this new covenant family. And despite their failures, Jesus is committed to making them into partners who are becoming more and more faithful. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a fully renewed world, full of goodness and peace. And there's this renewed humanity there, partnering together with God to expand the goodness of his creation. And so the end of the Bible story is really a new beginning.
0: Beautiful. Again, I, I'll tell you, if you get some time, there's some one. I text my friend who, um, who is actually the illustrator for this, this, and I just said thank you for the gift of these videos. Beautiful storytelling uh, in them. But the idea of covenant is this, that God is devoted to a loving connection to us and with us, no matter your connection to him. Right? He's not laying down his energies that he's that he's outputting towards you. He's saying, I'm going to be connected to you, and it's, it's up to you if you want to be connected back to me. This idea of devotion, it means a profound dedication for someone or something. So for our purposes this morning, I need you to think of uh, devotion a little bit like a circle, all right? It's special, all right? You're not devoted to everything, all right? You're devoted to a few things, and our job is to... Uh, now, remember what the Bible, or what the video said, that not only do we have covenant relationship with God to, to build relationship, but it's that we're going, somewhere, we're partnering towards a goal, all right? So the idea is this, that we have a circle of, of things and people that we're devoted to, that we're, we're moving towards something, right, that's special. We don't always draw those lines, and I, I think many of us haven't really ever defined, what am I devoted to? How, how am I connected to these things? Do we think about them? The Greeks have four words to describe the devoted connections that we call love. We just use this one word, and we have all those things that we, we all said together, right? Uh, the Greeks had four different words to describe love. One is eros. This is romantic love. This word is often used to express Express sexual love or the feelings of arousal that are shared between people who are physically attracted to one another. These are different ways that we are connecting to one another. Our job as Christ followers is to discern and be led by the Holy Spirit to say what type of connection needs to happen when right? Our culture right now has this backwards. They use Eros love as the foundation for a relationship. They use physical love as the foundation. They say this is the love that we should experience first, and actually it's the opposite. This is a special love that is to be shared in a very unique and committed way, And but our culture says you don't need to be committed to experience this type of connection together. And what Jesus is teaching us is that that connection is important. A lot of times, by the way, and hey, let me just say it, all right, let me, let's get our blushes out of the way. Sex is a wonderful thing, all right, that God created, all right, in the right circumstances between committed people in marriage. It is beautiful. Christians are so afraid to talk about sex. We're really afraid of it. It's awesome, all right? It is awesome, all right, in the right setting between two people that share love, all right, but not only an eros connection together. They continue the connection. Another type of uh, word that the Greeks used to describe love is phileo. This is friendship love. This is the kind of love you feel for someone who have similar social interests, hobbies, and styles of expressing themselves. This is friendship love. My friend David and I uh, went this week, I was really proud of myself, right? I've had this goal as a guy my whole life. I want to make fire, or I want to use fire to make metal do what I want it to do, all right? Some of you guys are welders who are like, yeah, I do that every day. I've never done it before, and I've always looked at it and been a little bit jealous, and I've always wanted to use fire to make metal and form something. I got to do it this last Monday, right? With my friend David, we went and we made some shelf brackets together, and we had these long pieces of metal, and we went in, and we both like building and creating things. We shared phileo love together, right? That was friendship love because we're doing something that we love doing together, right? There's a certain type of connection that we have, right? We love doing that together. Many of you have your own things that you do with your friends, right? That's that type of connection. Next is storge. This is family love, okay? This is Thanksgiving, alright? This is Thanksgiving. Uncle Joe, they- You really only want to see once or twice a year, but you love Uncle Joe, right? We all have that Uncle Joe or Aunt Karen or whoever it is, right, that's there. This is that type of love that says, you're in the family, I'm committed to you. When you practice storge love, you accept a person's faults, forgive their mistakes, and are completely committed to them. This is family love. This is family is forever type of an idea. All these are different connections, by the way. All of these are different connections, by the way. If you meet a person uh, brand new, if you go on a first date with somebody and you try to show storge family love to them and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, it was very nice to meet you. Do you want to come to Thanksgiving tomorrow? They're kind of going to be like, I don't know about this. Our job is to have discernment to say, when do I bring forth the type of connection necessary for us to grow together towards, and this is what it's moving towards, agape or unconditional love. A description of agape love is to take pleasure in the thing, prize it above all other things, and be unwilling to abandon it or do without it. This is how God feels about you. He takes pleasure in you. He prizes you above all other things, and he's unwilling to abandon you or do without you in relationship. This is what we should be moving towards. All the other connections should be moving towards this type of connection. We need to look at it this way, that we are growing in relationships, that every relationship that we're in should be moving in, the, in this direction. The self-awareness piece comes in when we look at the idea that some of us don't know how to do this. There's a really great book that I would highly recommend um, called The Relational Soul, and it talks about the idea of connection and where psychology and attachment meet faith. Okay? Dr. Richard Splass says this, Learning to relate starts at least as early as the day we are born and probably in the womb. Our way of entering in and maintaining all of our relationships, our connections, not just marriage, is one of the earliest psychological structures formed in us. We come into the world neurologically wired to make connections, to attach to others. When our early connections are healthy... We will find it easier to connect well as adults. To the extent our emotional attachment with our primary caregivers is lacking while we are children, we will find our relational capacity limited as adults. We're not going to dive all the way into this, because we can't this morning, because this is a profoundly intimate idea. But the, the way that you were taught to be with was handed to you most likely that is the way that you choose to connect to be with others. Now, hopefully we've grown a little bit, but the way that our parents or our core influencers in our life taught us to be together from a very early age, the way that I, they taught us to connect most likely is how you connect yourself. How we attach as parents is the number one indicator of how a, t- a child will attach. Right? The way that we connect to other people. So let me say this again. Parents, this seems to be sobering. All right? sobering for us. How we attach as parents is the number one indicator of how a child will attach. My ability, as we all at the beginning, I think all of us a little bit agreed with the idea that I wish I was better connected with others in my community and I wish I was better connected with God. My ability to connect with others and with God is the normal that I pass down to my kids. That's what they present as normal. We need to look at this. We, there needs to be a check engine light on the way we go. Some, some work needs to be done here. I, self-awareness says I don't know how to do this. I say this all the time, but if we could sit in a room, just you and I, and we could share, and we can unpack your story and your, your upbringing, we would look at some of the ways that you're very strong at connecting. We would look at probably some of the ways that you are not very strong. We would hopefully uncover truth. We wouldn't be afraid to tell the truth, and we would let all of it rest in the idea of grace is that you were taught something, but our job is to be completely self-aware of that, right? Each one of us was given an attachment style. We need to become aware of how we connect to others, whether you run from conflict, whether you get loud in conflict, whether what you do... uh, fosters loving connection? Does it grow into agape love when you have conflicts with those that you love, those that you're devoted to? What happens? We need to get really self-aware. If the goal for us is to be a community that leaves, um, leaves a, a loving footprint in Clark County, if the goal of this, if, of Kessa Church, is to be a transformative community that we don't just come together and watch somebody on Share up on stage for a little bit, but we actually transform from the inside out. We invite God in to change us, change patterns, change relational patterns in our life. if the goal is that we have to get self aware we have to be willing to tell the truth about where we 're at. Uh, this is work that i 've been doing in my own life. I have my mom sitting in the back here, right, and the reason she 's sitting in the back here is because she 's everywhere supporting me right from from day one, she's literally, it didn't, wouldn't matter if I'm getting an award, I'm getting out of prison. That lady's going to be there supporting me. And so this is one of the areas, so the family love stuff, really strong in me, all right? I don't understand the other side of this. I've never experienced it. Family just shows up. That was the normal that I was presented in my life, and so that's as strong. Other areas I'm not so strong in, all right? And so, but my job is to say, I want to I do this well, all right? I want to have grace for others that maybe don't do that one well, and I want to encourage them to do it well. This last week, um, someone in my life had a birthday, and uh, uh, a young, I'll just say it, uh, a younger person that I know um, forgot to call them on their birthday, right? They were at my house for Thanksgiving, and, I, and uh, I pulled the young man aside, and then I said, listen to me, I love you enough to tell you that's a really big deal. I said, because he kind of blew it off. Oh, yeah, I forgot to call you. And I said, listen, young man, we call people in this family, right? We call people on their birthday. It's it's a big deal. You need to lose a little sleep over that. Why? Because I want him to grow in his his family love, right? There's other areas that I need to grow in, too. And we have to get self-aware. I do that one well. I don't do these other ones well. Your job is to go, what do I do well? What was passed on to me, right, in the good and in the bad? The base of everything comes down to this idea of trust. Our early connections, we looked at, can I trust my parents to meet my needs? Or do I have to meet my own needs? Jesus knows this. Every time Jesus showed up in scripture, he was always talked with one specific strategy. He always talked about whatever was at war for our heart's desire. So Jesus said this, a loving connection is what we're after, and you're not supposed to have that connection with everything. This is why the Bible says things like, don't love money. Money's up, great. Money's wonderful. It's a wonderful resource. But that really deep connection, that devotion connection that's inside the circle, that's not the connection I want you to have with money. Not that kind. All right? Use it as a resource. Be thankful for it. But that is not the type of connection I want you to have. We're going to look at a story today. Uh, uh, you've probably heard before from the rich young ruler. Uh, it's in the book of Matthew chapter 19. It says, And behold, a man came up to him, Jesus, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false honor false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? This is this is a story in the book of Matthew. In the book of Mark, it says right now that Jesus looked at him, he looked at him with genuine love. In this moment. And Jesus responds: If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. Then When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus loved this young man enough to tell him the truth. He says, what do I have to do to get into heaven? What do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, follow the commandments. By the way, one of them is love your neighbor as yourself. Their needs are just as important as your needs. So I know you like all your stuff, but... But again, we're going from scripture to spirit. We're actually letting this be manifest in our lives, so here's what I need you to do. All that stuff that you love, you love. I want you to get rid of it because you're too connected to it, all right? And I want you to give it to them. If you say that you've kept this from your entire life, this is how you're going to show it. And we see where the real connection lies in this young man. He loved his possessions. He loved being rich. He loved whatever it was. He loved that more than he wanted to love God, more than he wanted to be faithful. Jesus is continually poking at, pointing out the areas that we are connected to things and to people, by the way. We are called to love each other. We are called to love ourselves. We are called to love God. We are called to love our neighbor. We are called to love our enemies. We are called to love our spouse, our children. But the way that we do that always takes this nuance, this wondering, this questioning, changes all the time. Our job is to get really curious as to how we love, if this is the mandate for Christians. The philosopher Socrates said, an unexamined life is not worth living. If a common philosopher could think that, how much more we Christians ought to listen to the Holy Spirit when he says, examine yourself. An unexamined Christian lies like an unattended garden. Let your garden grow unattended for a few months, and you will not have roses and tomatoes but weeds. An unexamined Christian life is like an unkept house. Lock your house up as tight as you will You will, and leave it long enough, and when you come back, you will not believe the dirt that got in from somewhere. It takes examination, teaching, instruction, discipline, caring, tending, weeding, and cultivating to keep the life right. Again, we're not going to do all the work this morning. But our goal is for you to get really curious in your life in these three areas. Grace, truth, and love. Today, we want to focus on devotion. So what I'd like to do this morning is give ourselves a little devotion audit. We're going to ask the question, what am I devoted to? Who am I devoted to? There's a self-awareness test uh, online. I encourage you this week to do this. Go to several people, three or four of the closest people around you and ask them this question. What are three words that describe me? Right? What are three words that describe me? Then ask this question, what's one of my main faults? Whew. Scary, right? Your job is to write down what you think the answer is and then compare against them. The people that see you best, right? they're probably going to be pretty accurate. Right? The question is, are you accurate? The question is, are you aware of how you connect to other people? We need to be aware of this. We need to be really clear really clear about this idea of connection and devotion. It's a special thing and we cannot be devoted to everyone. If, if I hired someone to follow you for two months and they got full access to you every single day, even your thoughts. Scary stuff, right? Even your thoughts. Two straight months, they got full access to you. They took notes. They didn't know you at all and their job was to take notes on you, watch you every single day, your actions, Right? what you spend your time doing, the way you talk to people, and their job was to report back to me after two months and and report on what you're devoted to. I wonder if their answer would be the same as yours. I think that some of our answers would be, man, he is really devoted to the Seahawks. (laughs) Really devoted to Netflix, all right, Facebook. Instagram, whatever it is, right? Those aren't again, those aren't good things, but what Jesus is teaching us is loving connection, <coughs> excuse me, is not what we're to have with that. That type of connection, that that deep of connection is not what we are to have with those. Those are tools to be used towards agape love. What I want you to do this morning is think about who you are devoted to. All right? who are you devoted to? There was this really special moment. I think I shared this before. I got married this last summer, right? Really special moment. So a wedding ceremony is a moment where I get to stop and I get to share with my bride and she gets to share with me, I am devoted to you forever. But in our story, there's a unique aspect of this. I think we have a picture um, of this. In the midst of my wedding ceremony, I have my son, Micah, who's seven years old. My wife now, Rebecca, said that It doesn't work for us just to have a ceremony that says, I love you forever. I'm also saying I'm devoted to him forever. So we stopped before her and I ever exchanged vows, she exchanged them with him. And this is the moment where it culminated, right? This is me teary-eyed, special stuff, right? This is the good stuff right here, right? This is her stopping. My son is really clear. He knows she's devoted to him. He knows this. But, and, and this is where I want to challenge us, okay? This is really cool then. This is really cool that We can always look back at this picture. We can always look back at this. But she will have to, and he will have to, continue coming back to connection for them to grow. We will always have this moment, but this moment will not be enough. I once sat with a married couple in their 60s that were having um, problems in their marriage. And it was really clear that, Um, For all his amazingness in his life, this man was not very emotionally healthy. And as the conversation was happening, she said, you never say I love you to me. And he very flippantly looked at her and said, I said I love you when I married you and nothing's changed. That I love you was for that day. That connection was for that day. We are to build on that connection. That connection is to grow and grow and grow. We see all these analogies in the scriptures of seeds and plants and trees. And this is the idea that it is to grow into something fruitful. Are your relationships moving that direction? Do the people in your life know that they are devoted to you? Not only that, and this is it. I want to throw a circle up on the screen, okay? So I want you to visually see this. I want to ask this question. Who are you devoted to? So I want you to look at that circle, all right? Devotion means, all right, the circle is the boundary of this devotion. The people that I am (laughs) devoted to lie inside of this circle. Now here's the it's not just who are you devoted to them, right? How. I want to be devoted to meeting the people closest to me, their physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. Okay? I want to exhibit these, all these different kinds of love, these different types of connection. But I wonder how I'm doing. I wonder how you're doing. It's not enough to just say, I want to be connected to you. It's a continual conversation. Continual conversation, saying, how, how's it going? What's necessary right now in marriage? What's necessary right now? What's needed right now? What season are you in right now? There are times, obviously... Alright? When Eros love should be <laughs> enjoyed between a married couple. But maybe that's the only time type of love that's shared. Maybe the friendship love is lacking. Or maybe agape, the idea of staying, is lacking. Depending on how you grew up as a kid, you have an innate sense that the people in my life are like oak trees and they stay there or they're saplings. They're easily dug up and moved. And so because of that, I have fears to give my whole self to other people, but this is the idea. As we wade together into deep, meaningful, transformational community, we have to. We have to let that be grounded in grace, truth, and love. But devotion means we stay. Devotion means we stay no matter what. How that shows up every day, I don't don't know. There's people in my life that I'm staying put, but the circumstances aren't there for us to grow deeply. There's other people um, that I'm putting all I have, my son, my wife, my family, Uh, that's that's all of me, right? They get all of me, right? Mm. But what my seven-year-old needs right now is probably gonna be a little different than what he needs next year and the next year and next year. And so if I bring that old love, right, that's our foundation that's built, but I gotta bring a new one. I gotta bring, it's new every single day. The way that God loves you and meets you in your life. Listen, the summer camp experience you had as a teenager is great for them, but it's not today. Today's God is right here, right now, speaking to you through the scriptures. The Spirit is leading you today. Not only is he guiding you to 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 be more secure in the loving relationship you have with him, but he is then teaching you. And this is the hard part, guys, this is the this is the messy part. He's then saying, turn and look around and do what I'm doing to you with them. They need this. Love is transformational. We cannot reach our potential without healthy relationships. Deep and meaningful relationships are both the means and the result of living into our potential. We are partnering God with God in this journey. In what ways are you partnering with God and making his kingdom come and his will be done through your connections, through your relationships? It is so easy to numb and only go a few inches deep. Man, there is, love is transformational i pray that there is some check-ins and lights on in our soul this morning that says some work needs to be done <laughs> some work with a counselor some work with a, a wise friend gosh one of the things i pray over our community is that we would not be so segregated into age that, that our younger people would be brave enough to sit with more <laughs> wiser and experienced, and so that they could learn how to navigate through those Spaces that I need people that have been in, in marriage for years and years to learn how to get into the new season. Right? But we have to get self-aware enough to, you know, I don't know how to do this next season. I have to go ask. I have to get really curious. I have to be brave enough to admit that to the people that I'm devoted to. And then those that would be our guides. We must pursue loving connect- connections built on the foundations of grace, truth, and love. We have to be safe, and we have to be honest. And guys, we have to be devoted. That is, I say this, and I want to lock eyes with you. Like, I wish I could had enough time for everyone right now to say, this church needs you. Like, all of you. Every bit of you. Not, not half in you. And so you need to pray about whether this community is for you because if you're in, then dive in. All the messy, all the stuff, I'm broken, I need you. I need you, I need your wisdom, I need your support, I need your encouragement, my family needs it, our leadership team, our elders, everyone needs it. We need all of you, right? Not just a little bit of you, right? Not just one of the type of connections, but all of them. And so if you're here, then be here. Be all the way here. Be all the way here first in your family, though. Go there first. I pray that this morning spurs you on to more reflection, more curiosity, more questions, more wrestling. Are you clear about who you're devoted to? If that is a special connection, are you clear? Are you clear, is it a goal? If you had a business, you'd write a business plan out, but we don't do those for the people that we're devoted to. How does your grandchild need to be loved? How does your brother, your sister, your friends, your co-workers, your spouse? Are you asking the question? If we listen, if we'll listen, if we'll listen, we will see a God that is guiding us and showing us how. And then walking us towards doing the same to others. So that's my challenge this morning. May you be devoted in love. May that love, may that type of connection be a rare thing, but a profound thing. May, may the world be in awe at the way that you say, you're mine and I'm in and I'm not going anywhere. Whether that's a, a celebration, whether that's a trophy or getting out of prison, doesn't matter, I'm in. Right. I'm in for your growth and your maturation. May the areas that you have, lost connection. May you be brave enough to seek and risk. And may we as a community walk hand in hand together into this, offering grace, truth, and love through all of us. I want to close my time this morning and I'm just asking you to close your eyes. I want to read a prayer by uh, (laughs) a beautiful theologian, Thomas Burton. I want to read his prayer and let it be our prayer and then we're going to close our time with Um, A beautiful song, giving our everything to God. But as I read this, I pray that as I say it, it's our prayer. Let this be our prayer. Let this be the beginning of a curiosity that transforms a community. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I did not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it all will end nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may not know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear. For you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone.